Hello and welcome to According to John. Today I'm going to put up a sermon that I did on New Year's, hopefully to encourage you through the new year about just how to be a difference maker. As a matter of fact, the title of it is Dare to Be a Difference Maker. And so hopefully this will encourage you and help you. And What I want to do is I want to challenge you today, if you're a Christian, to hold on tighter than ever. To, to make decisions that will honor God. Because if people are going to get saved, it's going to be because God has, has moved and the Holy Spirit has moved and He uses us to do it. He will use us and our, and our, our testimony, our walk, our righteousness, uh, because people are watching us. Especially when, when everything is, is flipping upside down. They're watching us. How are we going to handle it? How are we going to walk? Are we going to keep our testimony? Are we going to do what's right? Or are we going to become like the world and be hopeless? Because, listen, as Christians, those who love Jesus, and, and, and I always have to get in there and, and, and add that little extra because uh, some people call themselves Christians and they're not, right? They, they grew up in a Christian home, so that made them Christian. That doesn't make you Christian. Or they uh, were born in America, and so that makes them Christian. That, that doesn't make you Christian. And so what makes you Christian is that you gave your life to Jesus Christ. And then when you did that, though, you surrendered everything to him. That's what makes you Christian, is that you believe unto Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and then you, your, your life is different. Every, everything changes. Listen, when I got saved, when I gave my life to Jesus Christ, October 2nd, 1994, uh, uh, when I walked into that church, I was not the same guy walking out that morning. Now, every other Sunday prior to that, which I think was like five weeks I went before I got saved, um, every Sunday before that, I, I walked in and I walked out the same guy. And then October 2nd, I was different. And I've never looked back. And, and I haven't went back to that old life. Listen, if, if you're born again, man, there's this desire to, to love Jesus and to serve Jesus and then make a difference in the world that you are in, in your circle of influence, uh, to make a difference in people's lives for the cause of Christ. Amen? Because that's the only hope we have. And it's a true hope. It's not like a, it's like, oh, wishful thinking hope. No, no, no. <laughs> it is an absolute dig in because this is, this is your hope. This is your deliverance. This is the God that loves us so much that he sent his son Jesus, who loves us so much, he was willing to die on the cross, that all could change in our life and that we could become children of God. And then what does that look like? That's what I want to talk about today. What does it look like to be a Christian? And my challenge for you today is dare to be a difference maker. Dare to be a difference maker. That is my challenge for you today. 2023, a whole new year. Will it be better than 22? Boy, I sure hope so. But I think that's wishful thinking. <laughs> you, you understand what I'm saying? What makes it different? How tight do I hold on to Jesus? What makes it better no matter what's falling down around me? How, how tight I hold on to Jesus. And then my attitude in that. Listen, I can love Jesus all day long, but if I got stinking thinking my attitude is going to be the same my actions are going to be the same and then I'm, i've got issues amen Which, okay 
So in, in verse 5, uh, Philippians chapter 2, verse 5, uh, and we'll start here, and then I'll, I'll back up and, and we'll, we'll break it down because there's some very important things that I think we need to get a hold of here. It says, Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, uh, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore, God has also highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that at, that, at, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, and those in heaven, and of those on earth, and of those under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. And so, when we look at this, uh, we are to uh, let this mind uh, be in us, which was also in Christ Jesus. In other words, we are to have the mind of Christ or like Christ. And then you go, well, what mind is that? Because uh, I, don't, uh, I don't see what it told us to be. Well, go, to, go back to verse 1. Go back to verse 1. And, and I love how uh, uh, when you read and you read things and, and you have to keep going backwards and going backwards and going backwards to keep grabbing because he, uh, especially in the book of Philippians, Paul just keeps building and building and building. And so it says, therefore. Now, wait a minute. Whenever you see a therefore, what do you do? You go back to see what it's there for, right? We could do this all the way back to the beginning of, of the letter of Philippians. Because Paul literally is just building and building and building and building and building. And he just keeps going. I'm not going to go back that far because if I do, we won't get out of here before three or four or we might have to spend the night. And so we don't want to do that, especially for visitors. Amen. They didn't come prepared for that. So uh, let's go ahead to two one. Therefore, if there is any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the spirit, if any affection and mercy, fulfill my joy by being like minded. Having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind, let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interest, but also for the interest of others. And so the, the mind that we are to have is to um, not be selfish, right? To show the love of Christ, to, to hold on to the things of, of God, to live out the example that, that is set before us in the scriptures. Let this mind be in us. Now, that's a tough thing to do because what do we see more than anything today is we see selfishness. Oh, my goodness. Selfishness, uh, uh, self-gratification, and, and whatever someone desires, they don't care what it costs anyone else. They're going to get what they want. And, and even if it hurts someone else, they don't care. And, and then what we want to do, if we're not careful, we want to retaliate against that. Amen? I mean, let's just be honest, right? Uh, if, if, you, if you hit me, my first reaction is to uh, hit back. And if Jesus don't grab hold of me, we're scrapping. Like, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, like that's a reaction. Am I the only one that would do that? Okay. So, right, right? Come on, you guys. You're sitting there going, yeah, me too. I'll kick him in the shin to start with, right? Uh, especially if you're short in stature and they're tall, kick them in the shin, get them down to your level. And, and, uh, and I'm just kidding. All right, not really, but it works. So here we go. 
fulfill my joy by being like-minded, right? Uh, and what is it like-minded? Be like-minded like Paul. And what was Paul? Well, Paul loved Jesus. And Paul even said, listen, you follow me as I follow Christ. You imitate me as I imitate Christ. And he sets the parameter as I imitate Christ. In other words, if I walk away from Jesus, you, you ignore me at that point, right? If I'm not being godly, you ignore me at that point. Uh, do, not, do not follow me. Uh, in in ungodliness. And so uh, Paul sets the example here. And that we're to fulfill uh, his joy. He's talking to the Philippian church, meaning that, uh, listen, just be godly and keep being righteous and holy. And that is what brings us down to, um, in five, let this mind be in you, the mind uh, that he just talked about in one through four. And then uh, have the mind of Christ. Then we get to uh, verse... uh, um, 12. Go down to 12. We're going to jump down to 12. Therefore, my beloved. Now, when, when, you, when you read in Scripture, an apostle is writing, and he says, my beloved, or beloved children, or beloved... That's to the Christian only. Because without the filling of the Holy Spirit in you, you cannot do what Paul asked you to do or what God asked you to do. It's physically impossible. And, and some of you, you are born again, but you have so suppressed the Holy Spirit in your life by living in sin and by doing uh, uh, the, the, the ungodly that you've not allowed the Holy Spirit to work in your life. So you don't even know when you're being convicted half the time. And if you are, you don't care because, well, remember we talked about we're such a selfish nation anymore or a selfish world and it's all about us and what we can obtain. And so here he says, therefore, my beloved, hey, Christian, I'm talking to you. I'm talking to you. As you have always obeyed because the church of Philippi or the Philippians, the church of Philippi, they had joy. And as a matter of fact, the, the, the book of Philippians is all about joy. And Paul commends them for that. And he reminds them of that. And he's proud of them. And, and he supports them. And so he's like, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. And so this work out means that you, uh, you don't earn salvation. You, you can't, listen, you can't save yourself, right? You, and, and the truth is you can't save yourself no more than I can save myself because in, in the depths of our heart, uh, we're wicked. Amen? Come on, we, we, would do, we would do silly, silly things that we know aren't right, amen? And so we can't save ourselves. This work out your own salvation means once you've received Christ as your Savior, once you have been born again, now you walk that out. And, and, and how do we walk it out? You guys ask the best questions. He says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Now, what's interesting here is the words. Fear literally means in awe of God. You are in awe of God, reverencing God. You, this fear means you're like, God is so amazing, so awesome, so unbelievable. It's that you're in awe of Him. Like it just takes your breath away. Uh, you can't find words to describe Him. Your, your fear, that awe of Him. And then with trembling, trembling literally means that you're absolutely terrified of what God could do to you in your ungodliness. 
And I know sometimes because this is a, this is a movement, right? This is, this is um, uh, I call it the love movement. God is love. God is love. He'll never hurt you. God is love. He'll never do this or he'll never do that. But, but when we read the scriptures, God says, I will smote you. Right? I mean, think about that just for a second. The scriptures tell us, God says, listen, even as my children, I love you, but I will discipline you. And if you're not my children, you're my enemy, I will destroy you. And you go, well, that's not God. That's not, but it is God. As a matter of fact, Jesus even says he's the judge. The Bible says that Jesus Christ is the judge who will judge all nations in the end. So we know God is love. That's why he sent his son, Jesus. We know God is love because he takes care of his own. Amen. We know God is love because he has supplied the rain and he supplies the sunshine and he supplies all of our needs. So we know God's love. I'm not taking that away. But God says that there needs to be trembling when we think of God and think of sin and walking away from God. Trembling, what do you mean? Fearful of his power, fearful of what he is capable of doing. There was 250 men that went up against Moses. And do you know what God did? God opened the ground up nice and wide. All 250 men fell into the earth, and then God closed it up, killed them all. You know why? They weren't, they weren't trembling. They had no fear of God. And if here's the thing. If we don't have fear of God, will we even have awe of God and reverence Him? Guys, I'm just telling you, in 2023, everybody, how many here always, uh, you make New Year's resolutions? Anybody? Good for you. Amen. I think it's a waste of time, but God bless you. And so anyway, <laughs> how many here you have always kept your, you've, that's why others were like, I'm not raising my hand on anything. How many here you've always kept your New Year's resolutions? Oh, I got one. So you keep yours as I will continue to eat as I always do. And that way you can keep it. Amen. Right. Right. So, so because here's what happens. We make, we make New Year's resolutions and then we let them go by the wayside, right? Because why? Well, a couple of reasons. One, it's really not our desire. Um, we, we, are, we like it. We, we love the idea, but we don't actually love what it takes to do it, right? And, and, and I think that is with God, too. Like people get, they come to church and they hear the gospel or they hear uh, preaching or they hear this. And, and then you, you, you love the idea, but you don't love God. And so, therefore, it doesn't really change. Amen? And so, New Year's, listen, why make a New Year's resolution? Why not just live the way you want to live every day? Amen? That one wasn't good, was it? <laughs> and so, so listen, I'm, I'm just going to say that, that, we, uh, that we need to have fear and we need to have, uh, uh, be trembling. We need to be in awe of God and we need to fear what God is capable of doing. And I think that's what we're missing in society today. We don't fear God. We, we don't fear God. And I mean, we're not afraid of God. And the reason we're not afraid of God is because of this whole love movement. Churches aren't preaching truth. They're preaching just warm fuzzies. Makes my heart feel so good. 
And God's like, listen to me. Listen to me. If you don't do it my way, I will spank you. If you're my child. And if you're not my child, I will destroy you. Because here's your options. Jesus and heaven or you and hell. And there's nothing in between. Nothing. Your choice. I always say God never sends anyone to hell. He doesn't. He allows you and I to choose. Jesus in my way gets you to heaven. You in your way gets you to hell. What do you want? Well, I don't keep New Year's resolutions, so I'll just stick with my way. And guys, we got to change. Like seriously, we got we got to get serious about God. Because as I'm looking at what's coming uh, uh, down the the pike, if you will, in America, uh, it's it's going to be more hardship. We're seeing less fuel, less food, crazy weather. Right crazy weather. I mean, in Ohio last week, uh, it was minus four with a wind chill of minus 40. Meanwhile, the same time, it was 52 in New York. It's crazy. Buffalo. Buffalo has gotten 10 feet of snow in the last month. Six feet overnight and then four feet overnight. And then 52 degree weather and it just washes away. Then they got flooding. It's like, Meanwhile, other parts of the country, there's no water. Their water supply is drying up. Lake Mead, which supplies uh, many, many, uh, not, uh, many states, I think three states around it, Lake Mead, and yet they are desperate for water because Lake Mead is so low that uh, it's getting to the point if it drops another 25 feet, they'll have no water. And there's nothing filling it. It just keeps dropping. And then when I was in Ohio, I was talking to my brother, and he was talking how uh, it looks like the water has shifted, and there's uh, rivers right around local where he's at drying up, and then going east, they're filling up. It's, it's weird. I mean, it's just, it's weird. And so guys, listen, I'm telling you, we live in a time where things are just seem to be crazy. We, we live in a time where Matthew chapter 24 seems to be coming to fruition. And so if you want to mark that down, don't read it yet. Just mark it down, Matthew chapter 24. But go in and read it, not this morning when you leave. And, and you'll see, man, wait a minute, this, this is all happening. This is all happening. Man, we better fear God in awe and we better tremble at what God is capable of doing. And I'm not trying to use scare tactics with you. I'm just giving you facts, and then you do with the, with the facts what you will. I was listening to a talk show with Charlie Kirk, and, uh, and he, uh, he was debating a, a, a college student. And it all came down to where the college student, because uh, Charlie Kirk said, well, I just use facts. That's all I use is facts. You can go back and research it. And the college student said, well, your facts are unfair. <laughs> and he goes, my facts. He goes, all facts are unfair. And I was like, wait a minute, but they're truth. But for some reason, we don't want truth today. We want just uh, warm my heart. And I'm telling you, in 2023, we're about to go through a rough ride. I don't know how long it'll last. 
But it's at our door. And if you look around, you can't change anything that's going on or that's coming. But what do we have control over? Our relationship with God. That's what we pay attention to. That's what we build on. That's what we grab hold of with fear and trembling. And then in verse 13, it says, For it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. Now, the word will is literally to desire. It's to desire. God works in us both to desire and to do what he would have us to do. And so if God is not moving you to do what is right and to do what is good, you really need to stop and ask yourself, am I a child of God? Am I really His? Because I think there's going to be many who say, Lord, Lord, remember I did this and remember I did that and I did it in your name. And he's going to say, away from me, you worker of iniquity, for I never knew you. You weren't in my family. That's what he means by that because God knows everyone. Amen. What he means by that statement is you were never in my family. And therefore you're an enemy. I never knew you. There was no personal relationship. And so guys, I'm just saying we, we have to be ever so careful to allow God, to allow the Holy Spirit to do a work in us, to allow the Holy Spirit to move us in His direction to do what He desires done. And God says, I'll give that to you. But there's so many people that don't exercise it because they're not interested in what God has to offer because there's no fear and trembling. And I'm, I'm, my prayer is in 2023 that when you walk out of here, you have a new mindset that you are not only going to be in awe of God, but you're going to be in fear of God of what He could do. How many of you growing up and, and your mother would say, wait until your father gets home. And you immediately went from in your mama's face to, oh my goodness, man, what am I going to do? Let me get a magazine. Let me do, right? And that's, that, I think that's the way it needs to be with, with God. Oh my goodness. God the Father is not happy. And you know why he's going to discipline us? Because he loves us. See, there's the love. Listen, if I didn't love my children, I'd let them do whatever they wanted to do. Who cares? But because I love them, I discipline them. Because I love them, I paid attention to them. Because I love them, I didn't just let them go off and be all blind in the mind. And God says, because I love you, I'll discipline you. When you do wrong, I will spank you. Because you're not to do that again. So I need a deterrent. Deterrents are the love of God, amen? Amen. And so God says, listen, I, I, and, and sometimes I'll just be honest with you, God don't spank on my timetable. I wished he did, amen? Because there are just some people I think he needs to grab up by the collar and just... That may not be proper, but that's because that's I'm not God. I'm in the flesh. But they need it. They need it. And so here it literally says... For it is God who works in you both to desire and to do for his good pleasure. And guys, we have to do, uh, we have to put ourselves in a position where we allow God to work in us. Verse 14, 
Now he tells us how we are to be. Guys, will you open up that? Is it warm in here or is it just me? Because I love you, I will sweat. All right, here we go. Here we go. All right. Um, so in verse 14, <laughs> some of you are like, no, yes, no, yes. <laughs> verse 14, do all things without complaining and disputing. So if I turn the air on, nobody can complain. That's, I'm just kidding. <laughs> do all things without complaining and disputing, right? So, so here we have, uh, let this mind be in you that we are to be God, uh, God-like and we are to be Christ-like. And then we, we see that God, uh, God says, hey, listen, um, whether, well, we see Paul writes to them, whether I'm there to watch you or I'm not, you do what's right. And, and then uh, Paul starts setting it up, how that looks or what, it, what we are to do. Because it's God who works in us. God will give us the strength. God will give us the power. God will give us the desire if we love him. I hear people all the time go, man, God never moves in my life. It's because you don't love him. Don't tell me I'm not saved. I didn't say anything about salvation. I said love. You don't love God. Jesus says, if you love me, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. So if you're not doing what's godly and you're not doing what's right, it's because you don't love God. And you go, I don't like that. I know. (laughs) Nobody does, but it's the truth. Amen? Amen? And so how are we to do it? How are we to love God? And how are we to live in 2023? Do all things without complaining and disputing. That word complaining and when we complain is because we're not getting our own way. We're not getting it the way we want it. We're not getting it the way we think it should be. Things aren't moving fast enough for us and in our direction, and so we complain. My challenge is don't complain unless it's ungodly. Then complain. But if it's not ungodly, just sit back and really look at it. Okay, how can I make a difference here? That, that needs to be our new question. God, what are you doing and how can I make a difference here? Instead of just sitting back complaining, wishing it would die, or, or hating the people that are actually doing something. God, how can I make a difference here? I'm not going to complain. I'm going to seek your face for wisdom. I think if we did that as Christians, we could change the world. Amen? We can definitely change the things around us. How can we make a difference? That needs to be a first question for us. Do all things without complaining and disputing. Uh, Listen, don't argue. That word disputing is literally uh, gossiping. We're not to gossip. We're not to dispute or complain. Listen, you, you don't like what someone else is doing, but they're not ungodly? God, how can I be a part of it? Instead of just running them into the dirt and complaining about them, how can I make a difference? What can I do? In 2023, how can I lead someone to Jesus? In 2023, how can I disciple someone? In 2023, how can I make this about you, God, and not about me? How can I do this? People are like, I want a ministry. Pray about what you would have, what you would do and have God, uh, you, to, God would use you to do it. Pray about it. So many people, they want ministry, but they don't want to do anything. They want their name attached. Ministry is people, and people can be annoying. But ministry is dealing with the annoying. 
and loving people and helping them through whatever crisis they're in. Because listen, I see it all the time. People have struggles and I look at it and I'm going, okay, uh, this is easy. I don't know what you're struggling about. I don't say that out loud, but in my brain I'm thinking it. But here's what I know. What is a mountain to you can be a, a molehill to me. And what's a mountain to me can be a molehill to you. We have different struggles because we come from different facets of life. Some of our, our past were abusive. And some of us were abusive in our past. Some things have scarred us. And we never dealt with the scar, so we didn't know how to get over it. We didn't get through it. And so what happens is we act out on our hurt. And hurt people hurt people. It just is what it is. And so what are we going to do? Well, first off, we got, we got, to, get, we got to fix ourselves. How are we going to fix ourselves? You got to walk closer to Jesus. You got to give him the problems. You guys know last year I shared with you how uh, I heard a voice. And I mean, I'm telling you, it, I, I'm not, I mean, I might be crazy, but I'm not insane. Just for clarification. And I heard a voice say, you won't be here. And in the midst of the conversation, I wouldn't be here this winter. And it was clear and it was loud and it was abrupt. And it was just like that. And, and when it hit me, it literally took my breath away for a second. And for about a month, it was destroying my life. I am running around like a crazy man trying to get everything in order so that if I die in the winter, my wife won't be stuck with, with all the junk that I got going on. So I started fixing and cleaning and tying up loose ends and getting everything done so that if I should die this winter, my, my wife would be okay. Then I sat down and start writing letters. Ooh, that was the toughest part for me, right? To write letters to my children and my wife and my grandbaby about how much I love them and how proud of them I am. Like that, I'm telling you guys, I lost weight. I was losing sleep. It was, it was literally destroying my life. And then finally one day, uh, I had a conversation with my wife, I told her everything that was going on. I got in a truck and I'm driving and I went and it just, I just, I started thinking of scripture and, 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 and the word of God just was flooding my soul. And I pulled off to the side of the road and I was like, God, this is not of you because this is chaos. and You're not of chaos. God, this is not of you because I'm in fear. And you tell us that you've not given us the spirit of fear. And God, this is not of you. You've given me a sound mind and I'm going crazy. And so I started weighing all this out with the word of God. And I went, God, this is yours. It's not mine. And I'm not taking it another mile. And I left it with God that very moment on the side of the road. I started my truck up and I pulled out and I never took it back. Never took it back. And you know what? I quit losing weight. That's a pro and a con. And then <laughs> I, uh, I, that night I slept five hours, which for me to get five hours sleep, I, I mean a straight five hours, that's a, that's a miracle of God. Got a full night's sleep. 
five hours. Got up the next morning feeling refreshed and ready to go. Hadn't felt that in, in many weeks. Some of you, you are being destroyed because you're not giving it to God. You're holding on to it, you're carrying it, and, and it is literally, it's become a cancer to you. And my question is, is it becoming a cancer and you're not letting go because you don't trust God? You don't believe God? Some of you, you believe in God, but you don't believe God. And there's a, there's a, there's a world of difference between those two statements. A world of difference. And if you believe God, your life would represent that. But if you believe in God, your life represents that as well. Because listen, uh, Satan believes in God. But he doesn't believe God because he's fighting him tooth and nail. People all around the world, if you ask them, they say, I believe in God, but their lifestyle says, I don't believe God. And so they just keep holding on to these cancers that are just eating them alive. And I'm here as an eyewitness, as a witness, and to give testimony that if you give it to God, He'll take it. He, listen, don't take it back. Give it to Him. He'll take it. And He'll deliver you. And so, if you're going to work out your salvation, that's what it looks like. And we're not going to complain and we're not going to gossip. We're just going to get into the Word and we're going we're to immerse ourselves into the Word of God and, and into all the things that God says and does and we do. And then our life changes. If your life hasn't changed and it's not what you want it to be in a godly form, it's because you're not here. You're not here. It's one thing to read the Bible. Listen, my brother-in-law has read through the Bible cover to cover three times. And he'll tell you he's a, a confessed a Buddhist. He was an atheist. Now he's a Buddhist. Not much difference, but you get the point. Who cares what you gain if you don't believe? And so I'm just telling you, you want 2023 to be amazing and to be different? Stop making it about you and make it about God. And everything will change, including your attitude and your negativity and your complaining and your gossiping and your disputing, your causing problems. Stop! Stop believing in God and start believing God. Believe that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Believe that. I used to pray, Lord, do this. And then I would go, I ah, know I'm not deserving. Well, then God's like, okay, I won't do it. Because in essence, that's what I said, right? And my children would go, Dad, I know you're going to say no. Okay, no. Right? I'm, I'm going to give you what you've asked for. Whereas if they were to come and said, hey, Dad, and then put it out there and we would have discussed it, you, you had options. You, you had options, yes or no. But when you come to me with the option you believe, I'll just give you what you expect. And God does the same thing. We read in James, you have not because you ask not. And when you ask, you ask amiss. In other words, you ask with the wrong motive. 
Guys, every problem that we have in life, and listen to what I'm going to say, is self-inflicted. And you're going to go, I didn't ask someone to treat me this way. I didn't ask someone to do this to me. I didn't ask for this, and I didn't ask for this, and I didn't ask for that. If the problem dominates your life, it's because you didn't ask God for deliverance. It doesn't mean the problem is going to go away. What it means is we're going to have a better attitude, and we're going to hold on to God, and we're going to trust God. We're still going to hurt. We've still got to walk through the fire. But we know God will deliver us. Paul, Paul who had either an eye problem or, or an annoying, non-believing Jew or whatever he was that followed him everywhere he went and tried to destroy every ministry he tried to build. So whether it was his eye problem, and he even says in one letter, I, I wrote this with my own hand. And they said his letters were that big because he couldn't see, so he'd write real big. And he says, I asked the Lord three times to take it away. And three times God said, my grace is sufficient. And then Paul let it go. He quit asking. You know why? He just started depending on God's grace. And he was able to do amazing things. Did his problems go away? No. He was arrested how many times? He was beaten. He was thrown into a... a, a the garbage pile, uh, left for dead. He was shipwrecked. He was bitten with a snake. Uh, he was hated. Did his problems go away? No. But did his problems take him out? No. Because he held on to God and he dug in. He's like, God, no matter what happens, I'm going to honor you. I'm going to work out my salvation with fear and trembling. Listen, I got junk in my life that I didn't invite in, but Satan saw fit to, to bring it on. It's up to me whether I give him victory in that or I give God victory in that. It's up to me whether I, I die in this, in this problem, never reaching up, or if I, if I kick the problem to the curb and say, God, this is yours. Give me the strength to walk through it. Your decision and your attitude will absolutely determine and dictate 2023. Your walk with God will dictate your issues. If you hold on to God, He will deliver you. may not be the way we think or what we have put in our little book of perfect life. But it will be perfect for God, which means it will be perfect for us. God said, I chose Paul. Remember he told Ananias uh, after the, the road to Damascus? And he told Ananias, hey, I want you to go, I want you to go see Saul. And he's like, whoa, Lord, whoa, stop. <laughs> now, you know he's killing Christians, right? You know this. And God says, you just go because he's going to serve me. And he goes and he touches Saul and the, and, the, and the scabs fall off of his eyes and he can see and he gets up and he serves God. See, when we look at it through our eyes, we're defeated. But when we look at it through God's eyes, we have victory because we don't know what he's doing. And if we don't allow him to work in our lives, we never know what he's doing. And we miss out on some of the greatest things ever that God wants to use us for. 
I'm just telling you, be like-minded. Do all things without complaining, without disputing. Why? Look here in verse 15. That you may become blameless and harmless. Blameless means that uh, we are pure in the sense that we're not violating the law. We're not, we're not uh, violating God's law. Uh, we're blameless. Nobody can look at you, point at you and go, you were ungodly, you did. Mm, no, no, I'm blameless. And that harmless means that we're not causing problems. We're innocent of problems. We need to be blameless and harmless. And the only way that's going to happen is if we are like-minded like Christ and we walk in His strength. That's it. That's the only way it's going to happen. And if you can't get over you, you're never going to get to God. It's just not, guys. It's, it's, it's not an option to do it our way. God didn't give us that option. Look here in verse 15. Uh, that you may become blameless and harmless children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and, uh, and perverse generation. That word crooked means immoral. Immoral. Boy, do we live in an immoral time. Boy, is our nation immoral. Who would ever thought that the greatest nation in all the world that has ever existed, because it was built on the Word of God, the foundation of God, it was built on this, and it was men who desired this over anything else, and they were willing to jeopardize their lives for it. Who would ever thought that from the beginning of America to where we are today, that it would be so immoral? And you know why it's immoral? Because parents, we're talking generation after generation after generation, went from doing this to getting a big one and just putting it on the coffee table. To putting it in the closet. To throwing it away. And never taught their children the things of God. Stop living it out. Then they never taught it. And what do we have today? We have a generation of adults. Now listen, if you're in college, you are an adult. You are not kids. That frustrates me. Well, they're just kids. They're 25. They're an adult. Get a job. Uh, okay, that... Fr I'm Okay. Mm. <laughs> Take a breath. We have college adults that believe men can have babies. <laughs> Tell me we haven't messed up. And that didn't happen. That didn't just happen last year. That happened way back here when we shut the Bible and quit going to church and made God of no importance. And then here we are today. Putting machines in men's restroom that are uh, 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 
tampon dis dispensers because they might have that time. Oh, dear Jesus. Guys, that's the world we live in. And we're here because of the failure of your parents and the failure of their parents and the failure of their parents and the failure of their parents. And this is the result. I didn't say they weren't nice people. I didn't even say they weren't good in the eyes of the world. I said they failed to keep the things of God important. And now we live in a nation that doesn't keep God. It's just, guys, that's, <laughs> talk about domino effect. That's, that's what it is. And so we are to be blameless and harmless children of God without fault in the midst of of a crooked, which is immoral uh, and perverse. And perverse literally means, I'm going to read it, because I think if I read it, it would be way more than if I... Uh, um, perverse literally means uh, to depart from an accepted standard of oral or spiritual values. We're a perverse generation. Because you know what we did? <clears throat> If you make the statement, hey, that's not normal. This, this new, well, what is normal? Normal is what? Normal doesn't exist. No, normal is the accepted ideas and value of what God has said. That's normal. Perverse is anything contrary to that. And so we live in a crooked, immoral nation and a perverse they have left the ideas of God. Which should have been the norm. And it used to be the norm. It used to be the norm, guys. Let's get it back in our home, back in our lives. Well, let's start with us first and, and, and take it everywhere we go. So, as in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation, among whom you shine as lights in the world. Guys, Paul says to the Philippian church, you need to shine as you do, lights in the world. What do you do? Share the gospel. Live for Jesus. Not be ashamed. How about this? Um, in church, you're, you, you're free and happy and you talk about Jesus all day long and with no reservation. But then you get around some people and you immediately get reservation to talk about Jesus. Or you don't at all. Let me, let me help you. You have a spiritual problem. You have a spiritual problem. You, you, you have a fractured relationship with God. Because if it's not fractured, you'll shout Jesus from the rooftop. But if you're silent when certain people come into the room, you got a problem. A massive spiritual problem. Your relationship with God is not right. And you go, yeah, it is. That. No, it's not. That's like me hiding the fact that I'm married. Get around certain people and take my ring off and hide it. I got a marriage problem. Would everyone agree with that? Yeah. Well, when you hide Jesus, you got a spiritual problem. Your relationship's not right. I'm just here to help you understand that. And you can say, well, they, they, wouldn't, they don't appreciate that. Hey, you know what? They don't have to appreciate it 
for you to take joy in Jesus. I'm not preaching to you. I'm just praising Jesus. If you can't even do that, you have a spiritual problem. Which is the problem with the majority of Christians and the excuse we have for it. And I said excuse, not reason. The excuse we have for it, I'm shy. I'm not confrontational. Well, I'm shy and I'm not confrontational. But you know what? When it comes time, it's time. Amen? Roll up the sleeves and go after it. We have been so concerned with people's response that we don't care about God's feelings. We're so concerned with hurting someone else's feelings that we have no regard for God. And man, when we put God on the back burner to spare uh, someone's feelings, we got, we got a relation problem. Big, big time. I'm just saying. I mean, I know, listen, this may not be the most popular. I tried to put more humor in it, but it kind of went out the window. Verse 16, holding fast the word of life. I read some commentaries where it said holding fast was holding forth, right? Like, like give, no, that's not what this actually means. And so if I've ever taught that, which I have, I was wrong. Please forgive me. Okay, holding fast the word of life literally means that you are grasping onto the things of Jesus and holding them so tight you never let them go no matter where you go. Holding fast, being diligent with the word of God and the things of God that you never, ever sacrifice those for someone's feelings. Well, I'll just push him away. How do you know? Maybe God's doing a great work and you need to just be honest. Not hurtful, but honest. And just share the gospel with them. Well, they're not ready. How do you know? Do you know what God's doing in their life and in their heart? No, you don't. Don't be hurtful. Just be honest. And you never know what they'll walk away thinking and how God will use your honesty and your love for God to change their life. You never know. Just never know. Guys, I'm telling you that we hold fast. We hold on to it so tight that nothing gets in the way. Verse 16 goes on where Paul says, So that I may rejoice in the day of Christ that I have not run in vain or labored in vain. By you loving God and loving others and never letting go, that shows that all my labor was not in vain. There's nothing worse than to watch someone that you poured into and poured into and poured into and poured into and then they just walk away. To serve self and to serve the world, to serve anything but God. And then what makes it even worse is they don't just walk away taking responsibility. They just walk away and then accuse you of being the problem. That's the worst. And so, guys, you need to hold on, hold fast the Word of God so that everyone that has poured into you their labor is not in vain. Verse 17, yes, and if I am being poured out as a drink offering on the sacrifice and service of your faith, I am glad and rejoice with you all. Verse 18, for the same reason, you also be glad and rejoice with me. Guys, 2023, if you're going to dare to be a difference maker, 
the first thing you got to do is fix your relationship with God. And I just told you how you recognize if it's fractured or not. If you feel free to talk about Jesus in one spot but, and with certain people but not another, your relationship is not right. Fix that. Fix that. Spend more time with God. Go into prayer. Ask for forgiveness. Read His Word. Get strengthened and encouraged through His Word. Fix it. And then be that light that shines ever so bright in a crooked and perverse generation. Because we're in it. We're in it, guys. Man, when you, got, when you got adults believing that men can have children, when you got uh, uh, authorities trying to convince you that men can be women and women can be men, I'm telling you guys, it's, it's all a lie of Satan. And I've told you before, if, if you took a, 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 a Bruce Jenner and, and you put him out in a desert and the only thing they found was his femur, and they did a test, they would say, okay, this was a man. And they would even get close to his age. They wouldn't even need to know who, who he was. They could tell you it was a man. Same way with a lady. When we live in a generation that accepts only the science that they believe, we got problems. And so what do we need to do? Hold fast. Hold fast. To the word of God. And live your life like you love Jesus. Fix that relationship. That changes everything. Changes everything. Everybody I counsel, their problems go away the minute they grab hold of Jesus. Not because their problems went away, but because they realize God is greater than their problem. And when we focus on what's greater than our problem, our problem isn't so big anymore. I just want to encourage you to do that in 2023. Every head bowed. Well, I hope you enjoyed that and that it was beneficial for you. And I hope you have a wonderful new year in 2023. And until next time, God bless. <laughs>